This is why my wife traps me in the office because I fall in love with houses all the time. I probably liked almost every house I looked at. <laughs> I can find good in everything. I have two kids. She has two. So together, you know, with six people. And I was looking at houses in Linganore that were like only 1,500 square feet. And she was like, are you crazy? <laughs> Welcome to another episode of the Interesting People Podcast. Today, I'm joined by, and you've heard his name a bunch if you listen to WFRE, Jay Day of the Day Home Team of Real Estate Teens. Jay, how's it going? Great morning. How about you, Pat? I'm doing great. So I'm excited about this because we've been working together for years now, but I don't actually know your backstory. You're always running around doing a million things at the events, and we haven't really had time to sit back and chat, where with some of the others, they've known me because we sit down and talk all the time. We go over stories and things like that. And that's another thing, too. And unfortunately or fortunately, however, it is, I ended up buying a house before we met. So right. uh, the others have had the experience. I know Dave is having the time of his life working with you towards his dream of owning a home. Dave's wonderful. Like I said, everyone I've worked with here and you know, even people that aren't here, we've helped a lot of people here at WFRE as far as employees and also, obviously, even more listeners. Let me do the tee up. So you're big in Maryland. You just got into West Virginia. Where does that all start? Where are you from? Are you from Maryland? Well, actually, we do Maryland, Pennsylvania, Virginia, and West Virginia. Oh, man. Um, <laughs> just don't want to miss all of that. Where I'm from, I actually grew up in Baltimore. Really? So how did you go from growing up in Baltimore to just like the big J-Day empire? Born and raised in Baltimore. Of our family, I was the first person that graduated high school. Then I was the first person to finish college. Really? Yeah. So I knew, and my parents really instilled in me, they wanted me to be able to have a better life than what they were able to provide and wanted to give me the tools to do that. So I was very fortunate. Went to private school. And it was funny because I ended up going to Western Maryland College, which is now McDaniel. Never forget when I went there, I was like, I am not going to be able to handle this. I'm like, Westminster? And this was years ago. I think a target got added right towards the end of my time there. There was nothing. And I'll never forget my first night of staying in Westminster. There was, like, no cop sirens. There was no... Oh, it was so really? quiet, it freaked me out. I kept thinking of all those movies where people getting killed in cornfields. <laughs> I was really nervous about, wow, can I really live out here? And the funnier part was years later, I ended up buying my second home was in Carroll County. To give you a little bit of a background, when I went to college, my focus was actually in pre-med. I wanted to be a doctor. I wanted to be into genetics and help trying to find cures for cancer and things like that. And then I realized, honestly, I just hate school. That and the reality of, can you really find cures to things? Do people want cures found? There's a business machine behind it. So then by default, I actually ended up starting to work with autistic kids and I did behavior modification with autistic kids doing one-on-one -on -one therapy. It was a very rewarding job, but a very emotionally challenging job. And I was involved in having to go to court cases for custody battles between parents because one parent didn't know how to handle it. They didn't want to allow the therapy. They wanted the kids in school. So long story short, I got a job offer and an ability to get my master's at Hopkins and I was offered a job at Kennedy Krieger. I realized as much as I enjoyed working with the kids, I also wanted to be able to go and do fun things. And I saw where my salary would cap out. And I'm like, this is going to be real tough. I'm not going to be able to travel and do the things that I want to do. And then there was also another side, too, where things were very emotionally draining. You know, you're working with these kids. You realize you're only going to hit a certain capacity for them. Getting called into court and having to be pulled in as an expert witness and do testimony and saying the kids should be with one parent, not another, that really had a, a bigger 
pool on me, and I was like, I can't do this. I can only imagine how draining that is. Because even if you make what is like the quote-unquote right choice, there's still got to be some guilt there. And I was like, I don't know if I can do this all my life. I mean, I love making the difference. I love helping. And I still talk to some of the parents and see some of the kids that I worked with years later. And you know, it was rewarding. I mean, I had one kid in Westminster that they said would never speak. And I was working behind the scenes to get him to say dad. And when his dad came home and he said dad for the first time, he broke down crying. That person actually lives here in Frederick County now. Really? And I ran into him. I was driving my day home team car and somebody's like beeping the horn and I'm like, what is going on? I finally pulled over and I was like, what is your problem? And then I realized who it was because I'm like, <laughs> what is going on? And, you know, he had a son with him who I worked with and got out of the car and it was it was awesome and then it was funny because i ran into him again another time at a pizza place downtown and my wife was with me and she knew all the stories because i told her all the stuff that i used to do you know she was like wow you had such a huge impact on his life he runs up gives me a hug i can't you know still talks about what was done i'm 41 i went to college a long time ago yeah you know and i still had that impact on him it was huge i mean i missed that but then Reality set in, and I decided to get into. I did telecommunications. Well, actually, before that, to be very candid with you, I did internet sales. I don't know if you've ever heard of Errol's Internet. Yeah, I have like vague memories of that. I sold dial up internet at Towson Town Center and at Tyson's Corner. Oh, so the whole da 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 da, like yeah. that kind of thing. <laughs> Moved up the corporate ladder there. They got into telecommunications and they did fiber to the curb. So I was in charge of the telephony side of the company. Then I moved into cable, and then I was in charge of the repair group. Used to travel all over the U.S. doing stuff with them. And then I just decided I didn't like what I was doing. It wasn't fulfilling. I missed that fulfilling part of life. And I realized I want to make a good living, and I also want to do something that's very fulfilling. And the reality is most people don't like salespeople, whether it's car, real estate, whatever. And I said, how can we create something where we're unique, we can provide a much better service, and make it more customer-centric instead of egocentric? So I decided to start a real estate company and make it customer-centric and focus on them and not our own needs. And it just sort of blew up from there. What area did you start selling homes in? When I first got licensed, my base was in Montgomery County. I was over in the Kentlands, right near Whole Foods. And I was living in Carroll County then. I liked the company that I was with and I started out there and then we moved to Frederick and then as we grew we've been all over the place. We were in Mount Airy we were in Ellicott City and then we finally settled back in here in Frederick and we moved back into Frederick County a couple of years ago as well. Living, working in Frederick, that's got to be a lot of fun these days. We live over in Lake Linganore. I mean I love it. Going out on the kayak, relaxing, the trails it's just such an awesome place and when I bought my first house, I bought my first house in Frederick. It was right over Prospect View, right near Dutch's Daughter Okay, that area. Yeah, so I bought a townhome over there, brand new construction, loved it. The market was going crazy. I wasn't licensed at the time, and I was shocked. I'm like, wow, I bought this house for maybe it was like $100,000. And within a couple of years, I was able to sell it and make like 40 or 60 grand. And I'm in my 20s. I'm like, wow, this is a lot of money. This is great. <laughs> and my dad got sick, and they were in Carroll County. So we decided to sell our house in Frederick and move close to my parents. Because at the time, my, and now my ex, when we were married, she stayed home with the kids. So she was able to be there to help with my dad while you know my mom was working. And then we stayed in Carroll County for years. And then after my dad passed away and years have passed, we decided to move back into Frederick. 
Frederick where I've always loved it. And it's funny because I only lived in Frederick for a couple of years, but it felt like home. Like I lived mm-hmm. in Carroll County longer than that. I went to school in Carroll County. I grew up in Baltimore. It was always so weird. I always just felt much more comfortable here. Oh, I, I get it. I grew up in Montgomery County and I've been living in Frederick since 2012. And it's okay. like, I can't imagine not thinking of Frederick. Well, it's funny you mentioned that. It skips my mind. I lived in Montgomery County for a few years as well when I first got married. We service all of these areas, but something about Frederick always pulled me back. It always did. You know, I loved it. <laughs> I'd come here. You know, we did a lot of business in Frederick, even when I lived in Carroll County. And when the time was opportune, we said, all right, we're going to sell and we're going to move back to Frederick and we're going to move over to Linganore. We have all this great outdoor options and, you know, lake living, but in Frederick County. Yeah. How long did it take you to start the day home team of your operation? Well, my first year in real estate, I worked with another agent. I helped him out. He was a nice guy. He helped me a whole lot, but I realized our visions were very different. So after that, I went out on my own and it was probably within two months I realized I needed to hire staff and I needed to hire other agents because I couldn't handle and give that customer service that I wanted to and do it all by myself. And over the years, it's grown. You know, We've had up to 15 agents, down to 10, down to 3, down to 5. It's constantly evolving. And the reason is we only want people that are going to provide a high level of customer service and an amazing experience. And if they're not, we don't want them. It's tough because, you know, at times we have this great idea of we're going to grow and grow. And we've seen other teams and other real estate agents have 60 agents, 80 agents. We just can't hit that capacity because you have no control over the customer service level. And the identity of a business is so important. Oh, yeah. And that's what we instilled our agents. I mean, everything they do, every response they make, every person they talk to, it's my name behind it. And I need to make sure that they're doing the right thing. Because I talk about this all the time. I mean, on the podcast with Tom, we talk about it. And some of the stories that pass on to the station or we have events and people go up to Tom and tell him, hey, Jay really did this and this happened and that happened. It's really important to me that we provide that service because there's thousands of realtors in this area, hundreds of them. And we're not the same. We are different because we truly do care about what makes sense for our people. For example, people are nervous. Oh, I don't want to reach out to an agent. They think that we're going to show up and have paperwork and put a mm. lockbox on the door. And a lot of times we tell people, it, you know, it may not make sense for them to sell. We want to know their story. Tell me what your goals are because maybe it's not the right time or maybe you don't need to do this. One of the couples I talk about a lot is a couple in Adamstown. They're WFRE listeners. They called in. They were not comfortable with their mortgage payment. And when we met with them, we're like, so why do you want to move? And it was they didn't like their mortgage payment. But they loved their house. They loved the location. And we realized all they had to do because they had equity, they just needed to refinance. <laughs> oh, really? We're telling them, why do you really want to move? We'll sell your house if you want, but it sounds like you love it and you just want to have a payment of X and now it's why. If we can put you in touch with someone and you get the payment that way, will that be a win for you? And we make nothing doing that. Yeah. I mean, there's no advantage for us except making people happy and helping them achieve their goals. Yeah. It's like, you, it, hopefully at some point that couple was like, well, we know that guy. You should try that guy. Yeah. And people, they will tell, oh, he's not pushy at all. They're not salesy because we're not. We have a consultative approach. It's the same thing. Pat, let's say that you, know, you bought before we knew each other. Yeah. Let's say you would have driven by and saw a house and caught off the sign. Our people don't run out and open doors either. We want to do a consult where we Mm -hmm. sit down, we find out what is your goal? What are you trying to achieve? I remember back to some of the stories of some of the people I worked with. I'll never forget, there was this couple. They were buying their first house. They wanted to have a kid. They thought they wanted to be in Frederick. He worked from home, and she was working, I think, in Montgomery County at the time. They were looking at back-to-back townhomes over by Fort Detrick, where the master bedroom is on the upper level, other two bedrooms are below, and then you have no backyard. And I said to them, I was like, well, that's great. If you want this, we'll make it work. However, it said you want to have a kid in a year. 
You know, I've got kids and I struggled with a regular townhouse with a small backyard. This, you've got a little bit of a front backyard, and then if they happen to run over further, you're you're closer to the highway. And ended up selling them a home in Tawnytown, a single family home with a big yard. It's been 13 years and they're still in that house and they love it. Oh, that's awesome. And it's funny, what they said to me was, Jay, you could have had three transactions from us, but instead you helped us understand what we really wanted and you lost money because you only had one deal where it could have been three. Could have upgraded them up. Yeah, but that's not the goal. So that's one of the things I'm kind of curious about. So when me and my ex bought the house, it was a year of house hunting and what we discovered by the end of it is the two of us were looking for completely different houses. How difficult is it to navigate the like husband and wife want totally different things? It's so funny you ask that because when I ended up getting my degree, I focus on behavioral psychology, which works pretty well. So what I do, and we have a process for this because we joke and say, you know, we're also therapists because it's typically <laughs> couples we're helping. And we have, and I'll give you a perfect example. Are you from Damascus too? Yeah, I'm or, from Damascus, okay. yeah. Two couples that I worked with personally that bought in Damascus. The first, I ended up meeting them at at the Green Turtle, and beforehand I said, here's the deal. You guys have homework. You cannot talk about it. You cannot discuss it, and I don't want you to share your list. So I made them do their wants and needs separately. <laughs> and then we sat down at the Green Turtle, and the reason was, for the first time, they saw the list together. Oh. And we went through the list, and it's funny because it'll be a generic thing like Big Yard. Okay, so why do you want a big yard? Is it privacy? Is it one of the couples, they had an RV, you know, so they need to have a place for the RV. And one couple who bought in Damascus, the wife wanted a rancher. They were moving here from Colorado. She wanted a rancher because that's what they had in Colorado. They ended up getting a four-story home in Damascus. (laughs) At first, they thought they wanted to be in a neighborhood because she wanted to be in a neighborhood with the kids. But honestly, I told them in this area, with an HOA and wanting to park your RV, that's not happening. Yeah. And they love their house. You know, it's funny because I see it on Facebook, all the family photos they're doing they have this massive front porch but we sit down and go through it and then we figure out what is a really a must why do you want a rancher and the answer was that's what i'm used to it wasn't a need and it was a i'm used to having three thousand square feet on one level i love it and this is a younger couple too and stairs weren't an issue i showed them ranchers but she didn't like any of them so sometimes it does take us delving in and figuring out the other couple you know one wanted a pool and one didn't they ended up getting a house with a pool but it was me saying okay well why do you want the pool he was just mad that she wanted a pool period he didn't understand <laughs> that pool in certain months would allow the kids to have fun where he could work outside, keep an eye on the kids, and they're entertained. Or they could have family events and have people over, and everyone can be having fun without having to all be trapped inside all the time. So you get to the psychology of it and figure out what is it really that they want. And most people end up agreeing because, you know, oh, I want a soaking tub. Why do you want a soaking tub? Okay, how often have you used it? Yeah, you get into the practical yeah. side, and sometimes <laughs> when you're a third party getting involved, it's a whole lot easier. So we run into that all the time. I love when that happens. Fixer uppers. What do you feel about that? Because that's where our big disagreement was. She wanted to fix her upper. And I'm like, do you know who I am? I have, what's a hammer? (laughs) (laughs) We run into that. I mean, some of it's just so funny. Being in real estate, and it sort of sucks that I admit this. I watch some of those horrible TV shows on HGTV that make it seem like, oh, you got to, you're under contract and they didn't do anything. I'm like, some of that's silly. But it is. I mean, some people think they're going to get a better deal. What we find is a lot of the people who are handy, it can be a great opportunity. Some people don't 
don't have the vision. And if you don't have the vision, yeah, you're going to have less people that want your house. So fixer-uppers can work, but I tell people, you know, you sort of have to have a clue what you're doing. <laughs> so if you didn't know what you were doing, it probably makes sense that you weren't interested in that because then you're adding a whole other layer of bringing in a contractor and you're hoping that their prices are right because that's the other thing you see on these fixer-upper shows. You have a budget and then all of a sudden, oh, there's a load-bearing wall. Oh, the HVAC is behind that wall. Oh, there's main stack for the plumbing that you now have to move and nothing stays in budget. So it was probably smart to avoid that if you did avoid that. Oh, yeah, we did. Or I was going to say, maybe you bought that and maybe that's why you're not married. You we, know? <laughs> <laughs> we ended up looking at like 17 Victorian nightmares and then we looked at one normal house that was built in the 80s and I'm like, I like this place. Well, and that's the other thing too. I mean, historic homes, and not even historic, but older homes, they're not for everybody either. There's a whole nother level of maintenance that goes along with that. In Frederick County and Washington County and in Pennsylvania, we also have log homes. Mm -hmm. They're beautiful, but there's a process and there's stuff associated with that (laughs) that if you're not prepared for that, it could be a little overwhelming. Have you ever had to tell someone that they need to make their house less creepy before you'll show it? Not less creepy, no. (laughs) I haven't had less creepy, less messy, yes. Cleaner, yes. All of those things, yes. Unfortunately, we've had to. But not less creepy. No, we haven't had that. Because we looked at a place here in downtown Frederick. I don't want to say what house it is, but when we were shown, we went up into the attic and there was a life-sized paper mache woman in the attic that had a devil tail and horns. Oh, wow. And it was like, we all looked at it all individually backed up at the same time out of the attic and left the house without asking any other questions. You know, the only thing that I've seen that's, and it's not really creepy, but I guess it shows my age and the type of movies I watched. You know, you go in the rooms and they have like those dolls all over the place where they feel like they're staring at you. And part of our process is we tell people, you know, through the staging and we hire a stager for our clients to come in. You want to make the rooms and the house appealing to the majority, not the minority. And I've been in homes working with buyers where the dolls are there and it's sort of sort of creepy because it's like you feel like they're watching you. Yeah. <laughs> you know, not like the Chucky dolls, but, you know, the other type of dolls. Just they're overwhelming. And we've had the same thing where we've had homes that you look like you're walking into a church and there's nothing wrong with that. But you have to realize that you don't want to turn people off from things. Yeah. You know, everyone is entitled to their religion. Everyone's entitled to all of this stuff. Or we've had homes where, you know, there's deer heads and there's bears. And, and we're like, ah, it depends on the area. You might be able to get away with it in some areas. But others are like, you know, you might want to put that stuff in storage right yeah. now because it's a little overwhelming. The 15 deer heads when you walk in the room <laughs> and the bear in the corner is a little much for most people. Yeah. You could miss out on like a vegan that would buy the house the next day if they saw it. Yes. And the reality is, you know, again, you want to appeal to the masses. When you're looking out there and you're casting the net, you want to hit as many people as possible. And there's some people that are just straight up offended that they won't even, you know, like sitting a vegan or some pita stuff, or you just never know. You, you don't want to eliminate anyone. Let them eliminate it because of the house, not because of your decor. Yeah. Have you ever shown a house where you're like, oh, I want this for myself? Like it clicks with you when you're partway through? I will tell you, this is why my wife traps me in the office. You know, <laughs> she is now in charge of sales. I run operations and marketing. Yes, because I fall in love with houses all the time. Even when we were going to look, she sent me out individually, and then I would do video and send it to her. I probably liked almost every house I looked at. <laughs> I can find good in everything. I'm like, oh, this could be great. I wasn't worried about a fixer. I'm like, I could do this, or we could we could make this change. And she would be like, no, 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 that won't work. 
at the time we were looking, I have two kids, she has two, so together, you know, we have six people. And I was looking at houses in Linganore that were like only 1,500 square feet. And she was like, are you crazy? <laughs> and I'm like, no, this is wonderful. We can make it work. And she's like, no, what is wrong with you? <laughs> I find things that I like all the time. Do you try to keep track of stuff where it's like they're going to open a movie theater or some new kind of business that may jump the price of houses or just keep in mind for people's interests? It's funny because a lot of people say, well, I'm thinking about this as an investment. And there is an investment side. But we try and tell people again, the reality is you never know where the real estate market is going to be. Long term, it's a good play. Short term, it's not. The reality is most people only stay in their homes, you know, about five years or so. So thinking of it from an investment, you don't know what's going to happen. We can't steer people to an area or away from an area. We tell them, you know, and it sounds cheesy, but it's true. When you walk into a place, what feels like home to you? Does it feel good? Well, we had someone recently that was debating between new construction and resale in Hangerstown. She asked specifically, what's a better investment? And she was working with Christina, and this was a, a daughter of a past client of ours. I heard her say, you know, what feels right to you? Are you doing this only as an investment, or are you doing this as your home? You don't want to live in something because you think it's going to make you more money. You want to feel comfortable. Like, you went into these creepy old houses, yes, <laughs> and you were like, this is not home. I'm yeah. going to be paranoid at night. I'm going to be hearing noises and creaks yeah. and think that the house is haunted. That's the room where it's going to happen. I looked at that one room, and it's like, yep, this is where the ghost is going to get me. I don't even believe in ghosts, but yep, it's going to happen. <laughs> yeah, and instead, you went into one house, and of all the ones you looked at, you felt right in one. And it's weird because that's just how it is. With all the ones we were looking at, when we went into the one that we're in now, my wife was like, I love it. This is it. And I'm like, okay, finally. Yeah. This is it. <laughs> yeah, and the house needed work, but we were able to look beyond all of that. You know, it's what feels right. With the J-Day stuff, I've seen a lot of your advertisements, and I guess it's kind of giving away because you're wearing a Star Wars sweatshirt. In your ads, you're in Mario, you're in Star Wars. Do you like a lot of this kind of Star Wars stuff? Star Wars I love. I mean, again, 41. So I grew up with that, and now that I don't do as much sales, I mean, I go out and work with some clients now. Uh, I don't do a lot of that. My job is really to help grow the company, keep the company going, and stay on top of technology and things like that. But I do all the marketing. I'm a quirky guy. I like to have fun. <laughs> So the billboards and things like that. When I was a kid, I mean, now I don't play any video games. Mm -hmm. It's funny because I went to Best Buy and I got there the day when they had those, the old school NES ones. Oh, yeah. And classic. I bought one. Yeah. I played it one day. <laughs> I don't because I, I don't have the time. But when I was a kid, I loved Mario. One of the new ones we just did was Donkey Kong. When I was a kid, my dad had in the city, you know, he had a corner store. Store on the corner, they sold lunch meats, some grocery stuff, and we had arcade machine that was Donkey Kong. And I used to sit there and play it when I was a kid. Try and get inspired by things like that, or we'll look at what movies are happening. I had no clue that Mario Kart was coming out when we rolled out the Mario ones. Oh, so that was lucky. strictly coincidental. It was total luck. But I try and think of cool things and different things that would get people's attention. And most people that are in that age bracket buying, you know, they know Mario. Yeah. They know Star Wars. And it's funny because we'll go to events and I will have Star Wars shirts on at times where I'll be walking around and people are like, oh my God, you're the guy on the billboard. And you actually have a Star <laughs> Wars shirt on. And I'm like, yeah, yeah, I, I am. I, I do like Star Wars. We try to be fun with it. The only one that I did not come up with that got a lot of attention was the fairy one. That was oh, my yeah. wife came up with that one. We have a SpongeBob one that our uh, nine-year-old came up with and a Rapunzel one that she came up with. Oh, that's sweet. So we try and tie it into the family, too. And, you know, she was so pumped. We actually had shirts made for the ones that she came up with, and she wears them to school. Oh, see, that's awesome. I love so that. So the thing is, you know, when we're – and you and I sort of talked about this a little bit before we started recording. It's home. It's a house. It's a little warm and fuzzy. It's not all stuffy. And we put out there – our marketing, we put out there in a way that we attract people that are going to want to work with people like us. We're not 
stuffy. We're very laid back. We want you to feel comfortable with us. We want to feel comfortable with you. And we've got a good sense of humor. If you've got a good sense of humor, we'll probably have a good time together. <laughs> yeah, that's pretty much how we look at it. Your Google factor. If you search your own name, you're 100% the guy that's coming up. Do you get a little bit of a charge of that because of how far you've come? Oh, yeah. The same with reviews. And, you know, when you type J-Day and J-Day, we're all over that. And the thing is, because of the easy name, and yes, my real name is Jay. Everyone thinks it's Jason or something else. I didn't change my name. And when I was in high school, the joke was my Spanish teacher said to me, your name needs to be in lights. And it was funny because at the time I did theater too. I did acting and I never wanted to be an actor but sort of worked out that way. My mm-hmm. name's easy. You have people that have tougher names. I mean, yours isn't, maybe it's not that hard to spell because I've known you. Yeah. But, you know, when you have some of these other names and people are trying to search it, you might have issues. Oh, yeah. Well, no, that's, I don't hide the fact that I use an on air name. That's the reason on the air it's Haynes because my. It's just easier. Yeah. It's easier to remember. It's, you have some brand confusion with underwear, which I guess is a minus, yes. but <laughs> uh, it's something that flows a little bit nicer. I love the fact that you were in theater. I was another theater guy. Was it high school theater? I started when I went into college, I was doing a little bit of theater as well. So high school and college. I loved it. I played sports for a bit. I ran cross country. And then I ended up having an injury with my ankle that prevented me from doing that anymore. And I was looking for something to do in my spare time. And I went to an all-guy high school. Full disclosure, it was a great way to meet girls, you know, because <laughs> we had the all-girl high schools and the all-guy high schools. And theater, they brought the two together. Oh, so it was clever. It worked very well for, for the dating world, to be honest with you. Oh, that's, and I always tell people if they want to get into radio, do theater because you're out in the community all the time. If you can't be in front of people, yeah. Oh, well, it's funny because I joke with Tom and I said, you know, everyone used to joke and say, you know, in general, you know, you have a face for radio, but the reality of it is because, you know, because people don't see radio. That's not the way it is anymore with social media, with everything else. And you have to be on all the time. And I joke with Tom because his voice, he could be at a restaurant and you could be all the way in the back. And if you hear him ordering, you know who he is. Yeah. People turn like, oh, there's Tom Whalen. <laughs> yeah. You're at work as soon as that happens. And you definitely need to be prepared for it. The same thing. Theater helped a huge way because in the real estate thing, too, because you're talking to people all the time. You have to be able to be engaging and you can't be shy. I joke all the time and say, you know, theater really helped me with a lot of stuff because I'm like, okay, I'm doing a presentation in front of 20 people in class. That's nothing compared to what I had to do on stage. Yeah. Or when we go to events and people come up and want to meet, you know, you have to be able to talk to people. You can't be sort of shy and hide. It it doesn't work. No. At all. But yeah, theater was a blast. I mean, we did musicals and I have old VHS that are probably pretty scary that people could find. My mom likes to show people, oh yeah, look, this is Jay singing in Brigadoon. I'm like, oh God. (laughs) Oh, Jay. Yeah. Brigadoon. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah, good stuff. <laughs> uh, Man of La Mancha, all types of interesting things. But theater was great. And Tom did theater. I don't know if you knew that. In New York, right? Yeah, and in school. Him and I talk about that, too. It's I didn't know you did theater either. I guess it sort of makes sense because when you're you're out there, like I said, in, oh, this, yeah. in the radio world, it's the same thing. And I think it also helps with theater is you're taking something that someone else wrote, someone of this kind of thing, looking how to immediately emote with it, connect with people, and then make it appealable to strangers. Oh, yeah. And, I mean, I loved improv. That was sort of my fun thing. And when we were in high school, my friend and I, when we had tryouts for auditions, him and I would do like improv comedy stuff beforehand that people started to show up to because we just a bunch of goofballs trying to have fun, <laughs> you know, being sort of silly, which, like I said, you can see through our marketing stuff too, just oh, trying yeah. to have a good time. I mean, even some of the videos, I don't, I know you help sometimes in cover. You've probably seen some of the, oh, the yeah. monkey videos or Jason in the woods. And, I saw the older gentleman who's dancing. Yeah. The- <laughs> yeah. Just something funny to get people's attention. That's with all the crazy stuff that happens in today's world, we all need to laugh a little bit yeah. and have a little bit of fun. And I think it's important too because it's like you look at every other real estate ad in the world, it's two or three people nicely dressed 
in front of a house yeah. and you'll forget whoever you saw. But you'll remember when you see your head on Yoda or any of that kind of stuff. We just want to have a good time. And buying and selling a house, you've been through it. Even no matter how good your real estate agent is, it's stressful. Yeah. No matter how good your loan officer is, it's stressful. And most of these times you're making these moves. But your first time, it's stressful because you don't know what you're doing. Yeah. But then after that, it's typically a divorce or you're outgrowing your home or it's a death in the family or, so, or a move because of work. There's all these other factors that come into play. That's a great point. That's yeah. not impulse. You, yeah. you have a high emotion that's leading to houses. Oh, yeah. And it's we run into it all the time. Or you have someone in your family, whether it's your spouse or if your parents are with you or whatever, there's a medical condition that you can't maintain your yard or you can't handle the stairs. And now you need to make this move. It's all highly charged. Mm. People are driven and in these emotional moments. And then you have someone come in and you've lived in this house for 30 years and it's been your family home and you love it. And then someone comes in and tries to offer you $30,000 less than what you think it's worth. And mm. you're insulted. You're like, what are they doing? Why yeah. would they? I don't even care about them. I don't want to talk to them. A part of our job too is to help take the emotion out of it mm-hmm. and say, we have to look at it as a business and you know, you don't want to turn away everybody. That's another interesting part of and dynamic of real estate. I mean, mm. it really is. Not just the marketing, but the negotiating, the getting people to the end. Because sometimes that's one of the harder parts. Just hearing you talk, I feel like when you're moving through careers, you're looking for that something sustainable for the future, something that excites you. It sounds like real estate, is that your long haul? Oh, yeah. There's no question about it. We love it. And now, though, our focus, and we love helping our clients, but we also found a huge thing of the people that we've hired, helping them build a life that they enjoy and they get pleasure out of what they're doing because they might have had jobs that they didn't like. We've got a guy we just brought on last night. He's working the construction in his 20s and has his college degree and wants to do well and wants to help people. To be able to give people an avenue to do that and feel that what they're doing is fulfilling, because I still think back to when I was in telecommunications, yeah, I helped the company, but I didn't help people. Yeah. In the time that you've known me, you could probably tell I'm probably not the most corporate guy in the world. No. (laughs) (laughs) I did the corporate thing, but they're all about their stockholders. They're not about the customers. Yeah. Super embarrassing question. I should know this, and this is easily Googleable, but you have the Shark Tank lady in some of your ads and on your website. Barbara Corcoran, yeah. Did you end up on Shark Tank? How'd you connect with her? Uh, We weren't on the show, but she is basically one of our mentors. We have calls with her. She gives us business pointers, and she endorses us. We've had her endorsement now. It's been probably at least three years. She's hooked us up with Kevin O'Leary, Mr. Wonderful. We've met with Damon John and got some great pointers from him. What she did, I mean, she's not even in real estate anymore. She sold her company, but her backstory is incredible. She grew up in a poor family, and you know, then her boyfriend at the time hired her in real estate, and then he left her for his receptionist and told her she would never be anything and would never make it, and then she sold her company for millions of dollars. That's incredible. I don't think anyone can properly guess where they'll be in a year. Yeah, when we were in New York, and we've done multiple commercials with her, but we were in New York and doing the commercials, it hit me. I was like, you know, wow. Because my dad wanted me to stay and work in the corporate world because he had his own business and said how the struggles were. You know, more structure, but that's not who I am. When he was sick, I started to take some real estate classes and he freaked out. I stopped the classes because I didn't want to add extra stress to him as he was, you know, we knew we were starting in-home hospice and we knew he wasn't going to make it. I didn't want to add or create any problems for him. When we were doing that commercial, it hit me and I was like, wow, my dad could have pictured I'm on TV with one of the biggest real estate people 
in the United States and I'm doing these commercials that are running on TV, he would have a little bit of a change of, yeah. oh, you know, maybe you need to work for the company instead of, oh, well, now you've created your own company and you're out there trying to take care of other people as far as our clients and then taking care of our employees and our contractors as well. And you make it a family business. You work with your wife. Yeah, and actually her mom works with us and my mom does part-time work with us. And Oh, that's so cool. We're firm believers in trying to make that happen. And, and even with our team, a lot of our company events and get-togethers, we have our employees and we have them bring their spouses Yeah, because that's really important. We, work is at least eight hours of your day at a minimum. And if you're spending that much time and then you look at your sleeping hours, you might sometimes spend more time at work than you do with your partner. So we want the spouses or boyfriends or fiancés to know who all is in the mix. We invite them to happy hours. We invite them to dinners so that we all know each other and they're comfortable with where we are. Because you never want anyone to wonder, like, what's going on at work? Or I don't know these people that you're talking about all the time. We want it to be a bigger, you know, a big family type thing. Thank you so much for telling me your story, Jay. I end every interview with the exact same question. What has you excited for the future? What are you looking forward to in 2018? Just helping more families achieve their goals, whether it's through the real estate as clients or, you know, we're pumped about some of the people we have coming on the team and helping them achieve their goals for their families as well. Just looking forward to continuing to help people and serve people as much as we can and continue that constant growth and taking care of as many people as possible in Frederick County and all the other million counties that we cover yeah. as well. <laughs> Expand, expand. Thank you so much, Jay. All right, Pat. Thank you.